Make my joy complete, writes Paul to the church at Philippi. Have the same love. Be of one mind. Being in full accord and having one mind, the same mind that was in Christ Jesus. The same mind that was in Christ Jesus. Last Sunday, I asked those of you who are here to think for a moment about when this place became community for you, if it has. If you could pinpoint it, if you could jot it down, and even to turn that in as part of your offering for the day, if you had a mind to do that. And lots of you did that. And the little yellow slips of paper that we were able to read through today and think about, I mean this week, and think about were very moving and very intriguing and very interesting and sometimes kind of amusing. Now we had two reasons for asking you to do all that. First, we wanted to be able to remember and celebrate those moments when this place might have felt like community. And two, to teach us all to how, how to do a better job at creating community. Creating community from the start is a big part of what the Christian movement is all about. We saw that last week when we read together a parable of Jesus which emphasizes inclusiveness, claiming that there is no hierarchy in the kingdom between people who have been hanging around for a long time and people who have just discovered it. Today, we're looking closely at a letter from Paul, written to a church that he had helped plant a decade earlier. This community in the town of Philippi seems to be close to Paul's heart. He has a, a warm feeling and memory about it. And he's upset about what he's heard about some disagreements and divisions there. Of course, disagreements and divisions are not to be unexpected in a church or in any group of people who come together. That's okay. But Paul wants the church in Philippi to, to work through their differences and to get to the same place, to be on the same page. And he has a particular page in mind. Sure, he wants them to have the same love, to be of the same mind, but he has a particular mind in mind. Let the same mind be in you that was in who? Christ Jesus, exactly. Let the same mind be in you, each of you and all of you that was in Christ Jesus. He wants them to have the mind of Christ, to pattern their thoughts and their actions after the example of Christ. And to Paul, that requires some things. It requires a degree of humility. It requires us to empty ourselves of ourselves to make room for God. It requires a compassionate regard for the needs of others above the needs of our own selves. And it may even require some sacrifice, as it certainly did for Jesus. To that end, 
Paul tells them to work out their own salvation. A remarkable phrase, work out your own salvation. How? With fear and trembling. With fear and with trembling. It's a tough project working out our own salvation as individuals and to work out our own salvation as a community of faith with fear and trembling, knowing that it's an awesome project, literally awesome. Most important, Paul tells them to focus on unity. I want to say something today about unity. I want us to think together about what unity is and what it isn't. Now, it shouldn't be that surprising that a project that's all about community would focus on unity. Unity is a necessary part even of the word community. Without it, you would just have come. (laughs) And that doesn't mean anything. What is unity, though? At a time when we are more convinced than ever of the importance of diversity, what's unity? What place does unity have? What's it mean even to talk about unity? The big thing is that unity does not mean or imply uniformity. It doesn't require us to be alike. It doesn't require us to even think alike. It doesn't require thinking the same way, doing the same stuff in the same way. It does mean to be on the same page about the big stuff. And what's the big stuff? That's the Jesus stuff, the Jesus stuff, the mind of Christ stuff, compassion for all people, inclusion of all people, love of God and love of all people. It was John Wesley who said, Though we do not all think alike, may we not all love alike. Though we do not all think alike, may we not all love alike. Love, real, difficult, challenging, Jesus-style love. That love is the heart and the core of the Christian message. That's what it's all about. Love means to be in the mind of Christ, to have that love for God and that love for neighbor, love for your enemies, those who despise you and keep putting up roadblocks in front of you and ruining your days, those people. Love for all those people. I struggle with unity. As Christians, we share a blanket with some pretty strange bedfellows. So I struggle with unity. On this World Communion Sunday, when millions of Christians are raising a glass to unity, literally a glass to unity and a loaf to togetherness, I keep thinking of all the things that are driving us apart. And so I struggle with unity. I struggle with community as we're urged by our president to put aside differences and unite behind flag and anthem. We're barraged by that same person with all manner of messages that seem designed to divide. I don't want to waddle into the political, but it's hard for me to know how to, how to reconcile that, how to fit all that together. Yesterday, a couple of us were in, the, in Washington for a march on, uh, for racial justice. It was a march that pointed to the need 
for justice, as a necessary precursor for racial harmony and racial unity. And there were all manner of people there, together in one place, black and white and Asian and Native Americans, women, men, gender nonconforming folks, Christians and Jews and Buddhists and Muslims walking together and talking together. And it was a beautiful sign of unity. I carried our Black Lives Matter sign, a slogan some people regard as divisive. But there was another sign that I saw that I liked. It said, if America for the last 400 years had believed and understood and acted like all lives matter, it would be fine to say all lives matter. And I know that's true. It's because all lives do matter that it's necessary to stand with those who insist what shouldn't need to be insisted on, that black lives matter. And to stand with those who take a knee in peaceful protest. And it shouldn't take sports figures to teach politicians and pastors about ethics. But sometimes it might. As I think about the difference between communion and community, here's what I come to. See if you agree. To be in communion with Christ, to be in communion with Christians of all shapes and sizes, all cultures and contexts, is to acknowledge that, yes, we believe we belong to the same awkward big family. And like that uncle or grandfather or sister-in-law you just can't see eye to eye with, some strands of the faith strain the faith. Some strands of the faith strain those ties that bind until they threaten to unravel. But communion means that we stay in communication. Communion means to understand our connection and that somehow we can continue to love and challenge each other even when it's hard. But I've come to the conclusion that being in communion is different than being in community because community requires that degree of unity that Paul was emphasizing as being so important to being together, to living together on a day-by-day and week-by-week basis. You know, there's been a push over the last few weeks by a group calling itself Uniting Methodists, good name, to urge us to stay together as a denomination despite our differences over things like human sexuality and whether we take the Bible literally or take it seriously. And I appreciate that effort. I really do appreciate the effort. And if it had happened 20 years ago, I would have gotten right on board with it. But the idea of unity in a denomination where not everybody is valued, the idea of unity in a denomination that doesn't bother to claim that all people are appreciated for who they are and who God is making them and calling them to be, It's not somewhere I can go. It's a bridge too far. It's too disturbing for me now. It sounds too much like all lives matter, except for some. It's a false unity that requires leaving people out in order to work, and I don't think we can go there at this point. That's not the unity 
the sort of unity that God is requiring, that Paul is requiring in his letter to that beleaguered, embattled Christian community in Philippi. That's not the community he's urging on the two women leaders of that congregation, Euodia and Sintish, begging them to strive for. Now, as an aside, a short aside, I'd like you to keep the names of those two women in mind. Euodia, Euodia, and Sintish. Sintish. All right, remember those, because it's not every Bible passage that names the many, many unnamed women who are leading the people of God. So those two names, Euodia and Sintish, are ones to keep in mind, ones to bear in mind, one to hold closely. They might be regarded and need to be regarded with the same respect as other names, say Paul and Andrew. I would rename our church after them if the names weren't so difficult to spell and pronounce. But we need to remember on this World Communion Sunday that there are many places in the Christian communion that still refuse to acknowledge and accept the leadership of women. And yet here is Paul, not the most enlightened guy on matters of gender, shall we say, and he's doing just that, whether he likes it or not. So back to my point. Paul's idea of unity. Paul's idea of unity in community is one that I can embrace. And why? Because it harkens back to Jesus. It holds up Jesus in repeating some of the earliest writing of all the New Testament, this hymn to Jesus that Paul includes in this part of his letter. A hymn, scholars tell us, predates the letter. A hymn, scholars feel, was surely sung somehow in the earliest churches of the Christian movement. Have the same mind in you that was in Christ Jesus. Now, I have tried to set it to music in English. You know I would do that and I'd make you sing it if I could. But the meter is all wrong and I can't make it work. I've tried to sing it in Greek, I'll spare you that, but it doesn't rhyme even in Greek and the meter is still all wrong. So I'm going to try chanting it because you can chant anything. And I'll invite you to chant along with me. And maybe something of it will cling to you and come back to bother you sometime this week. So here it goes. Let the same mind be in you that was in Christ Jesus, who, though he was in the form of God, did not regard equality with God as something to be exploited but emptied himself taking the form of a servant being born in human likeness That's pretty good. You're lucky that I've lost the next page of this. And found in human form, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, 
even a death on a cross. Therefore God highly exalted him. Therefore God highly exalted him and gave him the name that is above every name. So that at the name of Jesus every knee might bend in heaven and on earth and under the earth and every tongue confess him Lord to the glory of God almighty glory of God almighty amen amen wasn't that fun Paul was pushing for a new kind of community through the singing of this hymn with his friends a gathering of people not that satisfied with the prevailing norms of society not thrilled with the religious order they were surrounded with the religious order of that day not content with the accepted social or economic or political culture of their day and thirsting to be part of something different, something separate, something set apart. People who wanted to be part of a community trying their best to follow the will of God and the way of Jesus. And that required getting on the same page. And what page was that? The page of Jesus, who emptied himself so he could be filled with love and filled with God. That's the page that came up again and again as I read through the responses on those little slips of paper that so many of you turned into us. Stories of when this place became community, became a place of unity, a place where you knew that you belonged. Or ideas about what it would take for this place to be community for you. Love, acceptance, being valued, being included, being part of the work, making the work work in this chance to work together on the project of Jesus, spreading love and justice throughout this building to the extent that love and justice would spill out onto the streets to increase the amount of love and the amount of justice in the world that in mind, I invite you to stand as we sing together. Joy to the world may come at last when we, our Lord, obey to struggle against blindness, do justice and love kindness, walk humbly with our God.